Welcome to episode eight of the Mutant Monday podcast. We made it to episode eight. I am super excited to interview Sarah Stargirl, which is a lovely, lovely at name. And we're going to find out all about her journey through BAYC and MAYC. Welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. <laughs> really excited to be here. I was. I'm always super excited whenever I see all your designs and your creations. And um, as Rob will testify, when I saw your uh, image earlier, I was like, "Oh my god!" There's just like I had arms. I've never had arms before. So to, I better explain actually, because otherwise people will be like, "What does she mean?" Um, uh, Sarah did an amazing design of of me interviewing her in the Jimmy Fallon set. And I actually had arms on my mutant and painted nails. Yes, the image was previously Kelly Clarkson and Jimmy Fallon. And then I just put our apes on top. <laughs> so that means you're Kelly and then I'm Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. So I will do my usual thing of starting right back at the very beginning. So how did you find Board Ape Yacht Club? So my journey with Board Ape Yacht Club started with my husband introducing me to the project. Um, he's in the audience right now, Zach NFT. And um, pretty much it was just like, you know, just like any old NFT where he was just like really excited. And he's like telling me about it. And he's just like, um, previously when he showed me NFTs, um, I was not really a believer, I suppose. Um but there was something different about this one. He was just like extra excited. You know, he told me about the community, the whole ape follow ape and just how there was just something really special about this. So um, it started off as um, him getting advice from me whether he should ape in. And then initially I had actually said no, <laughs> just because I didn't understand. And then um, from there, we just started seeing the floor rise. And I was like, you know what, you've been talking about this for a while, you know, I'll support you in this decision, you know, if this is something you want to do, go for it. And then, yeah, he just spoke about it more and more, got more and more excited, you know, over like the following weeks, following days. And I'm just like, you know what, let me get one. <laughs> so then um, we were actually on a road trip. Um, my husband and I travel a lot. Um, and we were driving up and down the West Coast. And um, we don't have good internet where we live on the mainland. So during that road trip, we were um, hotel hopping and just trying to get good internet, you know, just like adventuring. And during that trip is when we got my board ape. And I mean, I suppose the rest is history from there. We bought in pretty early. It was the end of June. So when I bought in, um, mine was a little under 5 ETH. Mine was a bit above floor just because when I saw my ape, I knew she was the one that I wanted. So I was just like, Zach, do we have enough ETH? Can we make this happen? We took money from our savings and yeah, we bought my ape. <laughs> and what stood out? What, what, how did you know that was the one you wanted? Um, so when he initially brought up apes and stuff, like he was like, okay, well, maybe we can try to find you like a girly looking one. And I say with air quotes, but it's like, what are really like the girly traits? Um, personally, I knew I wanted a pink one. Just, you know, because there was no purple. <laughs> so I was like, okay, we'll go with pink. And then um, this one had a dress. So I thought that was pretty cool. And she had like, you know, her small grin scowl. And that's kind of like me, you know, I have a bit of an attitude. <laughs> so I just felt like my ape had like 
but personality, like just something was just very magnetic that just drew me to her. And then on top of that, um, when my husband was describing to me like NFTs and the whole ecosystem, he was saying derivatives are a really big part of it. Like, because once you own, you know, your NFT, your intellectual property, you're able to redesign your character and really make it your own. So I was like, okay, you know, I saw the one I wanted. I was like, if I get her, I'm just going to add hair to her. Because at this point, um, I had already been doing like um, iPad and iPencil art because previously I had like a little thing doing Twitch emotes, commissions. So I just kind of like went from that field to this one and just it was really natural for me to be able to draw all these designs on top of my ape. So did you, so did you, how quickly from when you got your ape, did you just basically start drawing on her straight away? Oh yeah, um, straight away. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much right after buying her. Um, the iconic hair that she has now actually wasn't the first design I did. I gave her long, straight pink hair, just, you know, to vibe with the pink fur that she has, just a slightly different color. And then from there, I was like, okay, well, this design's cool, but, you know, what do I want to be known as? And that's kind of where the branding began, where I was just thinking of, like, how do I want to be seen as, what's going to be my imagery in the space? Because, I don't know, like, I just really like branding and things like that. Like, so I just feel like I just really meshed into this space really well, just kind of knowing, like, just how I wanted to brand my ape and my personality. And was that, I'm trying to think back, was that June time or May time? Um, yes, late June is when I got in. And then um, as I was starting to do my derivatives for my own, that's when um, I was thinking, oh, yeah, like, there's got to be a lot of other people in this space or, you know, women particularly who might want to have, like, a makeover. So within the same day, within the same trip, being in the same hotel room of buying my ape, that's when I started Board Ape Salon. That's when I made my first sale to Swicky. Shout out. She was my first customer. And yeah, the rest is history from there. So so obviously you got yours. And then did you, how quickly did you come up with, because obviously those people that are listening won't have, so you came up with the idea of, of the Board Ape Salon. And was you thinking about that or you just made it straight away? Did you have a couple of weeks thinking, shall I make something where everyone can kind of go to? Um, so when I made the Board Ape Salon, um, the tech side was probably the thing that took the longest just because it's just like. <laughs> so um, I came up with the concept of the tokens because um, something that I had learned from previously doing commissions Sometimes you'll draw, but they won't want to pay you. So I'm like, okay, I got to have some kind of system where like we don't have this happening, especially here. So I was like, okay, well, if we do tokens, um, the concept um, kind of came from just like, I go to Japan a lot. So um, sometimes when you're there, they have like um, the payment system of you go outside, you go to the vending machine, you pick out like what you want to get, you put your money in and you get back like a token or some side, some sort of thing that you like bring it inside and say like, oh, this is what I paid for. So you don't have to do that transaction. So I took that kind of concept and, you know, made it into a token NFT that my husband, he's a 3D designer. Um, he was able to make the token for me. And then from there, that's where that came from. Because I think that was absolutely genius idea. I mean, I think that was kind of how I first found when I ended, I, I got the ape initially that, that Rob's currently got. And then obviously um, you did me a makeover and, and changed her totally. And that was kind of my first thought into it. It's so amazing how much you can have that kind of bare bones and then layer on top. 
Yes, like I see bored apes as such a blank canvas because there's enough traits to where they're, you know, like you can find the ones you like. It's very personable, but at the same time, there's enough blank spaces in between. So it's like, oh yeah, I can definitely add hair. I can definitely change the clothes or there's just so much possibilities. I feel when I just look at the character as an artist so that I can just like go in there and then based on the tweaks that my clients want, like we can just really make it happen. And have you had any very difficult customers? Actually, no. <laughs> <laughs> like since I, I, <laughs> I had like a little bit of time working with clients previous. So I think through that process, I kind of learned um, the back and forth of what they need to know and then how to be able to conceptualize and tell them what I need to know in return of like, like, oh, wait a minute, you're giving me this vague idea of, okay, cool, you want purple hair but what length, you know what I mean? Like what shade and like, you know, really working out the, if you show me as much visual references, I can really help make it happen and bring to life your vision. Yeah, because it's very hard, as you say, mm -hmm. putting it from your head to what somebody else thinks that they're going to see. Yes, exactly. And because I have such a distinct style personally, like I really grew up watching like, you know, anime, Sailor Moon, like, magical girls like those are the things that inspired me and it's just like you know a lot of my clients are men so it's like got to make sure that I can honor what they want in my commissions and make sure that I'm not you know giving them something else so yeah being able to have that communication is really important in this um, process <laughs> well I definitely think as well um, moving forward as we're getting more and more people in the space it's like obviously we've just had the, the latest kind of surprise not surprised news of post malone aping in and straight away the first thing in my mind was why are we all not wearing cowboy hats now as somebody who's graphically challenged i always look to there's about four of you straight away where i'm like come on somebody's gonna do a cowboy hat oh yeah absolutely that'd be really awesome in honor of post malone to all wear cowboy hats <laughs> yeah but i feel I mean, like um for something like that that's where um, I suppose the Ape Tailor, that's another project in this space where it's like they were able to code a website to where they're like, oh, what, what's your ape number? And then what kind of outfit do you want to wear? And then they can like just instantly make that for you. I wish I had that, <laughs> that kind of skill set to be able to create something like that because I think that idea is so awesome. I love how that's a thing in this space for people to be able to utilize. Yeah, because I definitely think the other thing is that with some of their designs, but also be working maybe in tandem with yourself as well, because obviously we know Christmas jumpers are coming, or as you guys call them, sweaters. But in the UK, ugly sweaters are like the, the thing at Christmas. Everybody has to dress up. So it'll be those or Christmas hats. And uh, I am just so excited about seeing all my eight friends dressed up for Christmas. Oh, yes, Absolutely. Especially since this is going to be the first Christmas since the project has started. Like, yeah, I'm really yeah. interested in seeing how everybody dresses up and does their thing. Because I think, I believe people were dressing up for um, Halloween and stuff too. But I was in New York, so I feel like I wasn't paying too much attention to Twitter at that point. And how did you find, obviously, uh, you were lucky enough to go to the first eight fest as well. What, what was that like? It was great. Um so Ape Fest, um, I think it was just like a total of three specific events. Um, we started off with the art gallery. My husband was a featured artist for that, so that was really nice. Um, we had his NFT art 3D modeled um, on the walls along alongside um, some other artists. 
so that was cool. We were there. We were hanging out. Um, Richard got to play music, so that was great. It was just like all of us apes together, just mingling and hanging out. And then the same day, we had the yacht party. So I actually have some eight friends who helped put that together. So it was really cool to hear from them some of the behind-the-scenes stuff that ultimately made the event what it was, which it was a great event. We had so much fun. I loved hanging out on the roof and being able to see just the cities and the lights. It was a very nice time. And then I guess from there, we go into the warehouse party, which I guess was like the final big event a few days later, where it was like a concert and Board Ape Yacht Club did a great job decorating the space. It was just really cool. And I got to see the strokes. Oh my God, that was amazing. That was a bucket list moment for me. I love the strokes. Did you have any idea they would come in? Um, Actually, kind of. (laughs) (laughs) I, I got a little bit of alpha from a friend. Um, I think I, it was the Jenkins Valet meetup or prior. I'm not too sure, but I think it was Jenkins Valet. Um, talking to one of my eight friends and, ooh, okay, I don't want to expose how he found out. But yeah, he basically was like, oh, yeah, I think it's, um, he was able to name everybody except for, um, oh, shoot, the first performer. Because I think that might have been a last minute addition just because I remember um, the day before the event or something, they changed the times. They were like, oh, you guys got to come earlier for this reason. But yeah, I kind of knew about <laughs> the performers through the grapevine, but I was still really excited as they like slowly announced each one because they weren't like, oh, these are the performers. Like after a performance was done, then the next person came on stage. You weren't quite sure who it was. So, I mean, it was super hype in that aspect. Yeah, I've seen all sorts of pictures going around where it looks really cool. And I bet it was surreal as well, actually being on top of a yacht with, like, eight friends. Yes, absolutely. The boat and stuff was, like, so incredible. It was, like, three floors, had, like, the dance floor at the bottom, and then the top was really nice. I found myself going there the most because it was, like, open air. Like, you can't really hear the music as much, so you were able to talk and network. Because I think that might be a thing, like, that people who hold the events don't take into consideration as much. Like, cool, like, we love music, don't get me wrong, but we're mostly there to talk story. (laughs) So because of that, like, you know, it's good to have some moments where there is no music playing just so that we can talk and not have to worry about yelling over the music and stuff. Yeah, especially because when people meet for the first time as well and, you know, everyone's kind of flown in from such different places and, and has such different stories as well, it's that kind of, like... Uh, initial excitement and then and then obviously working out collaborations and I think that's where I see coming out of the whole New York experience and then maybe from Miami in December some of the friendships and collaborations that are really starting to take shape yes absolutely um the very first eight meetup that I went to was in Venice in LA and you know from there I got to meet up with some people I just knew from Twitter And then as we go to the New York one, you know, I'm seeing the friends and connections that I had made in California. And it's like every meetup that I go to, you know, as we continue on this path, I just feel like my friendships are strengthening with people in this community. And it's just like people are, it's like, okay, like we're, we're casual mutuals on Twitter. And then it's like, okay, we're acquaintances. And it's like, now we're friends. And it's like, you know, I'm in a group chat with some apes now. And it's just like, they feel like family at this point. And I just think it's so amazing where it's like, people I didn't know at the beginning of this year it's like you know I would just do anything for just so amazing and have you met any other kind of designers who do something I mean I know there are uh, similar people out there but have you ever met met some in person yet 
um, designers as in artists or? Yeah, like the same kind of like derivatives that, that you do in the sense of where you can kind of brainstorm and you meet someone that's got kind of common interest. So I haven't met too, too many um, artists who do derivatives the way that I do. I did meet Bushido Apes. That was really cool. He's a really nice guy. So that was, yeah, like that was nice to see like a person that's like, you know, I have no idea who the person is because their art speaks for themselves. And to meet the person, it's like, oh, hey, what's up? And it's like to find out that they're a cool person too. Like, you know, that's just a great experience in itself. And did you have anyone obviously recognize you? Because I know you would say you were putting together a lot of merch as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the thing is, like, you know, I look nothing like my ape. Like, I have purple hair. She has pink hair. Like, we both have our own identities. But, you know, I rep her really hard. And um, because I do have a fashion design background, I like to sew. I got custom fabric made. And I was able to make um, two tops and a dress with her face on it. So I was wearing those as often as I could to, like, the official BAYC events. And um, I kind of let that be my thing of, like, oh, this is who I am. Like, because I'm kind of shy, you know, like, I'll say hi to people. But it's easier for them to recognize me just in case if we have that, like, oh, is this that person? I don't know. Because at the end of the day, we all know each other from our Twitter handles. We all know each other from our profile pictures. So it's, like, sometimes it's hard to make that initial connection of, like, oh, wait, are you this person? You know what I mean? There's a little bit of that awkwardness. So, so do you think there might be a Sarah Stargirl fashion line? Oh, I would love that. The only thing that I feel like to really make that happen is, um, okay, I guess there's two ways to approach it. It would be a lot easier if I did a merch line in terms of like, you know, screen print on like um, pre-made apparel, like shirts and hoodies. I can imagine that happening more in the short term, but in the long term, definitely would have to find a manufacturer. <laughs> Because um, um, what I previously would do um, in my past field is um, I would make handmade garments because um, I really like the festival fairy kind of fashion, again, like in the realm of magical girl designs. But that one was really like um, time consuming and stuff. And yeah, so it's like I know what it takes to be able to do it. And I don't know if I'm quite there yet to be able to bring that into this field. But it's definitely in the realm of possibility. Because right now, um, in that kind of aspect of creating a merch or clothing, I'm actually working on clothes and wearables for the metaverse. Um, so far, I've created hair in Decentraland. My husband, my 3D modeler, my, <laughs> my rock, <laughs> he helped me be able to bring that to life. So I'm really excited that I have that out so far. And we have a lot more plans for those things that I guess I'll announce when it's more fully fledged out. So where, where, where is your metaverse? Is it how, how does that all work for those people that don't know, like me, that's old? So Decentraland, um, I believe the website's Decentraland.org. It's like its own kind of um, website where you can go and you make your avatar. And then from there, you can just like um, go around the map. You're actually able to buy land if you want to. And then you can create your own buildings or art galleries, which I've seen a lot of people do. And pretty much you just explore the metaverse and then you can see your other friends. It kind of has like a Sims aspect to it, just like visually, where you can just go around, explore, and then you can just like talk to people. So that's kind of what it is. And then from there, you can buy wearables so you can dress up your character to personalize it. And I believe um, Board Ape Yacht Club, they're working on the 3D models for the mutants and the apes. Those are going to be compatible with Decentraland because they, are, I believe, already have a, re a working relationship with them since 
Board Ape Yacht Club has their um their boat casino in Decentraland. Now that I have been to, I have been to that once to see Spotty perform. Yeah, that was an awesome event. I hope we have that more. Was, that was fun. Yeah, that was very cool. So we managed to stream that in the Discord. So it didn't it didn't require a kind of like it was good that we could all kind of share and enjoy that. Because then I guess I'm thinking as we move forward, if if we've got somewhere like Decentraland where where our apes are 3D and we can go in there, then if you get some land, you could actually open your own wearable shop with your own, like you just said about designing, virtual clothing that could be sold in your own virtual shop. Oh, yes, absolutely. I actually have that in the works right now. Luckily for me, <laughs> Zach was able to get into Decentraland early. So we have, like, I believe six plots. So we're... I, I think I can talk about this. We're going to be building um, a gallery, a building of sorts. So the bottom floor will be like more of the art gallery, board ape salon, show my work. And um, if Zach wants to put his art in there too. And then we'll also have my wearables on display to where like you can look at it and then you can interact with it. And I believe you can buy it from there. And then we want to do like a second floor or a third floor or a roof area where you can like have like a dance floor and interactive space. So if we ever want to host an event, then you can have like your characters go there and like mingle. It's really interesting. It is really interesting because you, as you think about people that are all over the world and when you've got things like, I've been in once to like the boneyard and you see kind of obviously what can be done, that kind of options to bring people from all over the world into a central point and buy your wearables or maybe click on some kind of code that gives them access to uh, a wearable but followed by the actual real life thing as well if they pay slightly more is quite quite mind-blowing yeah it's definitely the future of this space but i think it's like from the weekend that we've just come off with obviously huge volume of sales for bayc and mayc um I've had several people reach out and say, should they buy, should they not buy kind of thing. And now they're starting to realize when when I talk to them about investment, long term IP, branding, it, it's clicking. Whereas at the beginning, go back a couple of months and, and I was talking to people about it and they were not really understanding it's a right click save monkey picture. Now that and we're only like sort of three, four months from that point people are already starting to understand. And I think that's compounded by the fact of even last night, there was a space with um, uh, Timberland and Ape Team Productions, and they were talking about IP and branding. And people are really starting to now embrace these kind of uh, images that they've purchased. Yeah, absolutely. That's the thing about this, like a few months ago, like the idea was just so abstract because nobody was really actively doing the things like we were all just generally talking about it or just in the very beginning stages of building our brand but as the months progressed um you know we're starting to have things to show for it and especially with you know celebrities getting into the space too but like more so all of us you know starting to build brands and starting to like really cultivate this community like people are seeing oh wow the thing you were talking about it actually is something because i just think about all the people who we try to get into the space you know just as early as us and you know just as I was, you know, skeptical at some point, I can't judge them. But at the same time, like, if you had that blind faith that we did, you know, like, your, your situation would be changed a lot. Like my situations absolutely changed knowing that one day we could sell these 
and be able to like pay off my house or whatever. So much yeah. opportunities. Especially with um, uh, there's so many apes and so many mutants, and then obviously when mainstream comes, what what we think is like we're quite a, a big community. We're not really. We're like microscopic by the realms of the people that are going to come that are going to want to be a part of this kind of. It, it will turn into an elite club just based on the numbers by how few obviously numbers there are of us and, and obviously the people that are going to want to kind of be involved it's going to kind of snowball and I just every day is like it's it's a guess who of obviously who else is going to make that leap yeah it's so interesting watching the space develop like I'm so excited for whatever is next on the roadmap to happen and with all these new people involved, like how is that going to affect it? And yeah, I'm just really excited for what's to come. What do you think? Because obviously we've had on, on the roadmap, we've had obviously Ape Fest. What do you think is going to come next? Um, I would have to see the map just because I'm assuming it was kind of in order. But I do think on the website, we're probably going to have something interactive again. Not quite the scavenger hunt, but like, you know, the trial of Jimmy the Ape or something like that. I can imagine that being right around the corner. And there was something to do with robots and mutants, and there's a lot of dogs on the map. Yes. I'm so excited to see what's up with dogs. Like, I don't know if anybody's really talked about this, but do we think we're going to get mutant dogs? Like, I kind of hope so. <laughs> but, you know, I have no reason to be able to confirm or deny that theory. But I think that would be amazing if we could get more dogs and then figure out what that's all about. That would be if we could have, instead of like an M1 and an M2, we get a, like a D1 and a D2. And, oh, that and would be so cool. Yeah, like robot dogs. But I think it's fascinating to me how obviously you've got some dogs which make sense with a war that's possibly discussed where they've got weapons, but yet then you've got others that have got kind of unusual traits like eat, he, eating a frog or, or um, what's the other one? It's carrying slippers. Oh, yeah. Um, so when I got my ape, I actually had missed the dogs. I was in between getting the free dog and the reveal. So, um, you know, fast forward, I tracked down my dog that I don't own. And it's just interesting to see the traits that it ended up with. Like it was a pink dog, you know, as my ape is pink. And it has um, the basketball hoop on its side and like a or like toilet paper. I don't know. I just had like a lot of kind of ridiculous traits. And it's like, OK, like, you know, I guess I'm not too sad that you know I can't afford to buy back my dog and then during the time of um before the reveal my husband and I actually um got a dog that he ended up letting me keep because he ended up being able to buy his original dog and the dog that I ended up with um, we were still on that road trip I had previously mentioned um during the reveal we were in traffic and I was just like refreshing like the metadata to see it and I got a cheetah dog and I was just so stoked I was just like like, you know, holding my breath a bit, like, oh my gosh, did we just really get this rare, beautiful dog? So my dog is like a cheetah dog. It has rubber boots, which is so adorable. <laughs> and um, it has uh, a monkey paw in its mouth. So I do feel like if there is a fighting game, my dog's a beast. <laughs> <laughs> she's got that paw in her mouth. You know, she's got, you know, the mega jaw, like, She's coming for you. I'm really excited to see if those traits will play any type of thing in this. 
Well, me too, because I, I ended up, I, I didn't get a dog just like you. And then I bought a dog and then it was to do with the basketball. So I was like, well, I don't need a dog. So I then sold my dog that obviously I'd paid for. And then everybody kept saying, oh, now Roadmap 2, you're going to need a dog. So I bought uh, a pink one. And the sole reason I bought the one I saw was for two, was two reasons, actually. I had a bowler hat, but it also had a knife attached to its leg. And I was like, "Yeah, it's got a weapon. As long as as long as my dog has a weapon, I'm happy." Oh, that's so good. Yeah, your dog sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's going to be fascinating to see, like you say, if it's going to be like a more of a, a serum thing or some kind of. I kind of as soon as they announce it, I'll know whether or not I'm able to. Like, if it's like a quiz thing, I'll be like, "I know I'm not doing twelve hours of quizzes." Are you talking about the? Um... The scavenger hunt? Yeah, that was that was so intense. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was. I mean, so there was, like, aspects of that that I really liked because you can tell that all of us were staying up late. And especially since, you know, like, I was, I live in Hawaii, so I was staying up extra late. So it's just like, oh, man, I wonder how late all these other people are staying just because it's like, oh, if you go to sleep, somebody else is going to solve it. And then there was that Google Doc that everybody was trying to get in on and, like, sharing their alpha and I'm just thinking about how I'm like 20 steps behind everybody who's sharing. So it's like, okay, rip, I'm done. <laughs> Gotta it's count funny. myself out already. <laughs> I know. I was listening to about two or three different discussions taking place. And I know I was conscious of the fact of um, uh, like with the Orange Dale that I'm part of. Um, I was listening to different discussions between different places. And I was just listening to the kind of chaotic kind of frenzy of people trying to answer questions. And then I suddenly thought to myself, if people see me going between like these three different places, they may or may not think I'll be like kind of passing information on. But I was kind of like, oh, my God, everyone's like just possessed. And I was just enjoying that kind of moment of, oh, thank God, like I don't. There's just too much going on for me to even step in and help. But it was um an amazing night and I just thought I left them to it I thought got to about midnight I thought there's no no way I'm going to be able to kind of and even when I woke up in the morning I wasn't really totally surprised it hadn't been sold because there was just so much going on in every different room it was so well planned yes absolutely you definitely need professionals to be able to like figure that shit out but even if I didn't figure out the puzzle or at least like most of them like just being a part of that, like, I just feel like I'll just kind of remember it forever, you know? Like, it was just such a community thing, and I loved it. Especially when you looked at when they did the write-up of, obviously, all the different answers, and, and obviously how they came to the kind of the right answer, then you just go, wow, the sheer volume of, like, I'm guessing they hired a professional puzzle person to help them with it because there was just so much. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They got a team together. <laughs> but I mean, like, I don't blame them. If I had the resources, if I knew the people, I'd be doing that shit, too. I mean, that prize was insane. Yeah. yeah. And then, obviously, I, I, I do remember laughing when they did the monkey game that everyone was trying to obviously learn how to do the monkey game. And then all of a sudden somebody went, obviously, like, you've just wasted your time kind of thing at the end of the game. Yeah, it's funny. Like, I heard about that, too, but that didn't stop me from playing <laughs> I was just like, oh, they made this game. I want to try it. Like, you know, <laughs> why not? <laughs> I kind of I kind of wished I had, but I kind of knew the personality I am, that I would have just got kind of into it and then it would have taken over my life till trying to complete it once you start on these games. Oh, yeah, absolutely. 
So, so what, what do you think is coming next with your salon? You think you're going to take on more clients? Are you on another round of tokens with it yet? So I have one more token in this current collection. And I don't know, it's kind of interesting. So where we're kind of at with gas, um, okay, like, let's, let's start with where gas was when I started this business. Gas was $6. Wow. <laughs> and so with my process of doing the Board Ape Salon, like you buy the token, that's one gas transaction, right? And then afterwards, I would take into consideration, you know, in my fees, the gas I send back. So then... Um, yeah, so that's why I had to raise prices. And then even now, like with how it's going up, like I might have to take out the tokens altogether just to make that one transaction, them purchasing the derivative I make. I mean, I'm hoping they figure this whole gas situation out, but just kind of where it is, I don't know how long the tokens are going to last, this gas situation. Yeah. And that's a shame because it's so cool the way you do it with having like the token because obviously you get to keep that and then obviously the way it works. But um, as you say, it's it's been increasing for quite a while. Yes, I love the tokens though. I don't want to get rid of them. Like, you know, I, I'm so grateful with every commission I'm able to do. And um, I do 12 coins per set. And like, other than like, you know, being stoked about doing these derivatives, I get so excited when a coin set sells out so that I can create a new coin. But yeah, it's just just kind of feeling conflicted right now with just like the gas in my process and if I have to um, just change things up and grow with the space. So one more left. Is that is that something that everyone should know that you have one more left? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's definitely something that people can know. Um, I have done some commissions, though, like without the coins just you know from friends being like oh you know what's the best thing that works for you and your system right now with gas which i really appreciate them taking that into consideration so yeah i've definitely done some outside of the coins but i mean like i do consider them as collectibles so i mean like if they want that plus the derivative like you can totally go that route too yeah and have, have you thought about doing any kind of whether it's like to do with your designs or even in the in the metaverse any kind of poap Absolutely. Um, there was a part of me that was kind of thinking of like learning the process. But yeah, definitely just have to look into it first. Um, I've done art for um, the co-op for the New York event. I'm trying to think which one I think it was the Aped gallery event. That's the one I drew the co-op for the NYC. And then it has like the buildings in the back. I did that one. So it's like, I guess I'm familiar with the process of making it, but it's like, yeah, to make my own, I would really like to. I just kind of have to figure out for what event. Perhaps the grand opening of the Board Ape Salon in Decentraland, I feel like that's a good event to maybe start on, unless I can think of something else. Yeah, I definitely think that would be, be a nice one to have a poet for as, as an opening, and then people obviously keep that forever as well. And the good thing is you can have as many people as you like. You don't need to worry about a license if there's like 200 apes in there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's really cool. I'm just trying to think if there's anything. So in terms of like friends and family, have you managed to get any other friends and family on board? Um, my brother's the first person who comes to mind. He's actually in the audience right now. <laughs> yeah, um, when me and Zach first got into Board Ape Yacht Club, um, the first person that Zach thought to think to tell is my brother because um, – the immediate vibe that you get from Board Ape Yacht Club, other than, you know, like the whole monkeys itself, is you kind of get like the streetwear hype beast vibe from it through like the first 
merch collection they dropped and whatnot. So like, yeah, my brother came to mind immediately and he was able to get one. So right now he's rocking his mutant. Other than that, um, yeah, I think if apes were just more affordable, I think I would be able to get more people into it. But just where it's at now, like, it's just kind of like not really affordable unless you bought ETH a really long time ago. Like, I, I feel like I was struggling to get mine at five ETH. So, like, to try to be able to get people in where mutants, the floor is, like, what, six, seven now? Like, yeah, I think a lot of people have missed the boat, <laughs> unfortunately. It, it's crazy every day as well and how quickly it's all, all moved. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I wish I got more mutants myself, shoot. <laughs> Yeah, it's always it's always hard to to know what to do because obviously, especially when you're new to the market as well, with it changing, obviously ETH price going up, gas price going up, and then mutant price sitting low for quite a long period of time, but obviously nothing else moving, and then and then all of a sudden we end up with a floor like lava with um just everybody running around screaming again, which is scary and fun. Yeah, it's been really interesting watching the mutant floor these past couple of days. And I feel bad because like Zach was like, oh, maybe I'll get another one. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. Like, you know, do we really need one? Considering like he has the offsprings of his ape. So he has two apes, two mutants. And then I have my ape and mutant. Like, do we really need more? You know, like, but then the whole ape token thing. And I was like, oh, shit, maybe we should have got more. <laughs> and then after that, like the floor just like went up since like the last time we spoke on your other space about it. And yeah, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't have hesitated. Well, you never know. This week, this week might be the last kind of chance for some of us to kind of have a reassess before uh, kind of obviously uh, it all goes completely crazy. But I'm sure there's a lot of people constantly looking at the eight bot going off like a cash register. Yeah, seriously. And just to see also the offers that people are getting on their apes. Like, Trippy Apes are doing amazing right now. I'm so happy for you guys, <laughs> the Trippy Ape community. I think the Trippy Ape, I mean, there's so many different traits. And if you had to pick a trait, actually, between obviously uh, the OG Apes and the Mutant Apes, what, what are your favorite traits? Um, I definitely like pink fur. <laughs> I'm I'm very biased to pink fur. Um, yeah, I think trippy fur is amazing. If I was able to get one of those, that'd be a great one for the collection. Um, I don't know. Like, I think I just really like a lot of the traits that my ape has. Like, I like the blue dress. I like the small grin. I like the gla the VR glasses that she has. Um, what else? Oh yeah, I really like the prom dress, the pink prom dress. I really wanted that one, and like. The BAYC merch apes, those ones are all fire. Yeah, it's just hard. There's like, yeah, just from an artistic perspective, just like looking at the mutants and the apes, there's a lot that I just like really enjoy. And like figuring out which traits, you know, would make up my perfect ape. Yeah, it's hard. <laughs> yeah, especially I find sometimes as well when you see um, different traits. Uh, there was one that uh, Baron von Hustle shared with me. He uh, got another mutant that was a pink hair, uh, same style as my pink hair, but has got a tweed suit. And that's probably the only one I've ever seen after my one vendetta where I've gone, oh, she's so smooth. You know, when you look at like a mutant and you go, perfect. Oh, yeah, I saw that one too. That That one was great. 
I love how they mutinized the tweed suit. Like that one was just, that was an amazing grab. Congrats. <laughs> yeah. And that's it. Sometimes you just look at one as well, or people sort of say that they snagged one. And then you look at it, or, or even sometimes you see ones that you missed out on and you see them appear. It's it's nice because as time's going by and each kind of day is going by, where the community is evolving into more of we know each other a lot more, what people do, what people don't do. It's 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 like a little village community. Yeah, absolutely. So if you had to choose a celebrity that's not in that you could either gift to or would say you want would would like to come on board, who who would you pick? Ooh, that's a hard one. So I, I kind of have two answers. The first one that just immediately comes to mind is like Elon Musk. Just because I wonder like, <laughs> what would this space be like if Elon Musk had an ape? Would he put it on a SpaceX rocket? Like, I really think he would for the meme. He would do it for the lulls. Um, but I also kind of think that the space would do well if a female icon was able to get an ape. Like whether it's Reese Witherspoon or like Oprah, I don't know who, <laughs> just like somebody to come like have a, a positive influence and really show that like, you know, women are a part of this community, but I don't know which woman in particular would want to be that icon. <laughs> but I just think that it'd be cool if we just had more like women in this space. Yeah, I think I think there's more and more. I mean, I'm starting to, the more spaces we do, I'm definitely starting to find more um mutants uh, that are ladies as well that are kind of just aping and don't necessarily know that there's a whole place where we all gather on spaces or just central land and maybe they're buying them as investments as well but it's definitely growing and going in the right direction I think maybe people were a bit hesitant at first um, to what what sort of project it was but I think now people see all the different people coming into it and I definitely think uh, we're going in the right direction. Yeah, there's just um, so much potential for growth for women in this space. And every time I, I see a woman ape, like on um, Twitter, you know, B-A-Y-C, M-A-Y-C, I just immediately want to follow, you know, just leave some supportive, encouraging, uplifting comments on their posts. Just let them know, hey, you know, I'm here. I'm here to be your friend. What's up? <laughs> and like recently... Um, <laughs> I don't know if it's because I've been doing more spaces, but I've just been getting more messages from like women entering the space asking advice on like, oh, which one should I pick up? Or, you know, I'm on the fence, you know, like, is this something that I should do? And, you know, like I'll talk to them on an individual basis, but just like seeing more women be interested. It's like, I'm glad that I can be a confidant or somebody that you can come to and try to have these conversations with because, you know, like I am not all knowing, but I have been in this space, you know, just for a minute. So I, I do have some things that I can share with you based on like whatever questions you might have yeah I think that's absolutely awesome and as, as I say the more the more voices that people can reach out and if people are looking at purchasing or or aping in I think it's it's such a good thing that they reach out to people because if you're going to spend the level of money that that is now being asked of you to spend on an asset or a financial investment then really, our, you know, view's going to be make sure you like it because it's a lot of money to spend if you're staring at something that you don't like. Yeah, it definitely is a lot of money. I mean, just what I tell people, like, in the short term, it's like, okay, well, 
well, I guess right now we're kind of at a pump. So it's like there is a possible correction in the market where like prices can go down for a bit. But I do think other than, you know, holding for a while, you will get your value as being a member. You will get your value being, you know, integrating the community and trying to make connections, you know, trying to brand your NFT, your ape. And whether you like the way it looks because you bought one on the floor or trying to get a derivative done, you know, you can still work with it, find a way to be able to do something with it on like a business level. And, you know, we also benefit from like the meetups, the concerts that are starting to happen. Like, I just really love this community and I feel passionate about it. And I know there's so many other people who feel the same way. So, I mean, if you're able to make that purchase, I do think it can work out for you. You know, of course, I don't know everybody's financial situation, but if you do have that money to put into an NFT, I do think betting on a blue chip project is a lot less riskier than getting a bunch of ones that you're unsure about. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you very much for spending some time with us. It's really nice to speak to you and uh, it's always a pleasure. And I always enjoy seeing all your creative designs come out of your brain. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me today, Vicky. <laughs> thank you. Nice to speak to you again, Sarah. And I'm waving to Zach as well down there. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. Well, everyone, that's the end of another Mutant Monday, episode eight. And that will be live on Spotify and Apple Podcasts in the next couple of days. Thanks to Rob for co-hosting. And thanks again to Sarah for being an amazing guest.